guys, it is Amanda and Barrett, and we are back again with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio. We are on our second half, and our sponsor for this half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. If you are looking to buy a home, sell a home, or just not really sure where to start or what that looks like, give her a call at 503-409-4389. Again, that's 503-409-4389. 4389 and make sure to continue to keep her in your prayers as she's currently fighting her own battle with breast cancer. Okay, you two left me with a teaser at the end of that last mm-hmm. show. Okay, so catch me up again what are these things you're talking about so it's like a you you probably maybe know more than i do i um they're it's like a chaffle is what they call it it's like a cheese waffle okay right yeah where it gets its name from yeah chaffle yes and you can add so the main ingredient well the two is cheese and egg okay and you mix it together and then if i use chocolate would still be a chaffle if i did chocolate it'll be a (laughs) cha-cha-chaffle I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so you mix those together. Uh, the egg makes it more of like a fluffier, uh, like a bready texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I use just cheese and it's more of a crunch. Okay. And so I I like the crunch more better. Um, but most people like with the egg. Yeah. Um, and you can add anything you and want to. And use a waffle it. maker to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yep. I'm liking this idea. Yeah, and you just close it, and it's really quick. Um, you can do, um, you could put pepperonis on it, tomatoes, um, olives for like a pizza one with like red sauce, so avocado re- slices with uh, everything but the bagel seasoning. Look at oh. she went. Yep, yeah. she went the healthy route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. Um, one time I made tacos for the boys, and I was not eating carbs or anything, so I took the taco meat, put it in the uh, cheese with a chaffle and um, put some lettuce, or made it and then put some lettuce and sour cream on top of it and ate it like it was kind of like a tortilla with the, but the meat was cooked in it. Um, I've done one with like chicken and jalapenos with the cheese. So it's like a jalapeno popper with bacon and all that and then dip it in um, sour cream. Okay. Um, I'll even mix like uh, cream cheese in with my cheese before put making it too. You could, you could do so much with it. So many possibilities. Uh, it's <laughs> it's yeah. truly endless. Um, you can even do like onion rings. Like I have like a little bagel pan and I will do the cheese with an uh, onion ring in the middle of it and oh. put the cheese around that and you can do whatever seasonings and stuff you want and you can make, you know, like they're like keto little onion rings. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just like, so probably not it. our plant-based diet <laughs> book, but still very intriguing sounding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, I did the keto diet. I think I lost like, gosh, I think it was like 50 pounds in less than four months mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. It was really successful. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, again, for the listeners who are just tuning in, we Hello. do have a guest in the studio <laughs> with us. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's not just Amanda. Uh, and Amanda and her little cheap Lucy. Chaff- chaffles. Oh, chaffle. Chaffles. A chaffle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmen, thanks again for joining us. Uh, I just think it's intriguing that we can have this conversation about there are cultural differences between Latinos that live in Mexico, Latinos that now live in the United States, and I think some of those cultural differences are playing into some of the cancer rates. You and I were talking about that. So, were you were you born in Mexico, Carmen? Yes, I was. Born and in you Mexico. left at what age? I was uh, eight years old. Okay. So, yeah. do you remember 
Mexico a lot? Oh, yes, I do. Uh, so yeah. what what do you think is the one of the big cultural differences between living in Mexico and living in the United States? Um, well, one of the things is um, there's there's more responsibilities for sure. I remember my my mom was a teacher in Mexico and she would get ready and go to work and I would walk to kindergarten by myself, probably like maybe half a mile away oh, from Oh, yeah, that would happen in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, here we take our kids to high school. We give them rides, right? And so, um, and over there is, you know, you can um, do your, the mom will go to work, but oftentimes grandparents are at home. Mm-hmm. So, um, grandparents would uh, feed the, the kids. Uh, and here... Some some do have their parents living here, but most of the time our kids stay home alone. So a lot of the times, what do we do that's convenient that we can't? We order pizza. There's um, the apps that you can order and they'll deliver to you. So we have that. Yeah, it's convenient, but it's not healthy. Right. So right. that's definitely something. And my kids do it. So, <laughs> you know. But, but that... Probably would happen in Mexico is what you're saying. That's well. That's a different. If you big, if you live in the bigger cities and you have the funds, yes, you can do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's over there. Everybody walks pretty much. So over there, what they're doing is walking to fast food restaurants. Uh, okay. Yeah, because it's it's. So they so yeah. they exercise a lot when we do that <laughs> things too. <laughs> yeah, but they're so used to walking though that it's not. I don't know. I feel like I, I walked, and I was the last one, and I was sweating. So, yeah. So, I think it's, yeah. And then and you were also telling me that in Mexico, the dynamics of the cities are considerably different than they are here. Like, you've got a couple of big cities, right? Mexico City's huge. Yeah. And then you've got, but it's bigger than Portland. Yeah. So, the way that I, I like to think about is uh, Jalisco. Jalisco's a state. Guadalajara. Is the capital. And then you have the smaller towns underneath that. And then the from that, there are ranches, ranchos, and then they go even smaller after that. I mean, where you can't track it. Those are the where the they live up in the mountains, and the only way to get there is by walking. Mm-hmm. So, um, and here in the U.S., you don't see that. You could pretty much get to anywhere because it's paved or graveled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even to use your comparison, you've got Portland, which is 45 minutes an hour drive away. That's that's our big city. Mm-hmm. Then you got Salem, which is a little smaller city. But then you can leave Salem and you can drive a half an hour and you're into Independence or Dallas, mm-hmm. which is a smaller city. But you can even leave Dallas and go up into the hills to Fall City, which is a pretty small town. But you can still drive to Fall City. And it is in the mountainous area around us. Except in Mexico... You probably couldn't do that, right? No. You wouldn't be able to drive to Fall City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dynamics in Mexico that change the culture. One of the things that I see, and this is just, you know, something born and raised in Oregon, um, I see a lot of youth, Latino youth, that it looks like they are, they've gotten accustomed to our diet, and it does, it's like their body doesn't respond well to our diet, and then all of a sudden, they're just they're not they're not 
healthy looking because they're eating the way we eat. And it's almost like their body went from Mexico to that diet up here and their body's going, what the heck's going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, am I, am I wrong here in my, what I'm observing, Carmen? No. Um, it, yeah, and I think that uh, for me being a parent, I think we have a lot of control over that. Um, I mean, takis, hot Cheetos, right? It's, um, it's a big thing in our community, and um, th- that's definitely not healthy. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's our diet. It's not what we have brought up to, to eat. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's, it all has to be with convenience, right? It's like, what's fast? Do I have time for this? And um, I'm guilty of that. Um, but it's just, do we want to be part of the statistics? No, right? So we got to make that change. And that change starts with us, the mom, the mother, the one that actually has that responsibility of bringing the food that we buy. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I thought you did a great job in the first half of just trying to convey in your native language to some of the ladies so what you were just saying about, you know, it being up to us, the moms, again, mm-hmm. I want you to speak to your friends. But what would, what, what would you tell them? How do, we, how do we make that shift in their families? Me gustaría decirles que nosotros tenemos el poder de cómo nuestras familias comen saludables. Sé que en, en nuestra cultura, verdad, es un poquito difícil um, que nuestros hijos coman lo que nosotros hacemos, pero es una manera de que ellos se pueden adaptar a nuestra a, a nueva rutina, nuevo modo de comer y nuevo estilo de vida. So for those listeners that have followed hey. Amanda and I for a while, this is not a Spanish show. <laughs> that was <now>. beautiful, though. <laughs> I Very like beautiful. To it. Yeah, it's a really beautiful language, isn't it? What did you just say? Um, I said that it's up to us to bring in the the food that we want to eat. That it's it's gonna be hard for our kids to adapt, uh, but it's doable, and that we can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts here, Amanda? I'm still trying to figure out why... You're still stuck on the chocolate. The chop. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, why they're higher in breast cancer than in lung cancer, um, even here in America. And it almost makes me wonder if it's uh, like cigarette related because I see more probably like whites smoking cigarettes more than I do Hispanic people, um, I think just across the board. And so I'm wondering if maybe that has a role to play in it. Um, I'm just, that's so interesting to me. Or is it like a DNA thing? Um, I just, I want to understand. Yeah. I want to understand. There was, uh, so I'm clarifying your question here. So you're wondering why breast cancer is number, why lung cancer is number one and breast cancer is number two. For Americans. For Americans and why breast cancer is number one for the Latino community. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great question. It is, and it's. I'm, I'm wondering because, like you were saying, like the culture thing with uh, taking care of yourself, but that's very similar in my household. So I'm trying to find like what the difference on wh- why they would be more in breast cancer and not lung cancer. Um, it's just interesting to have those statistics, and it just makes you wonder. And um, yeah, and radon's another leading cause of lung cancer. Um, 
which that was another show we did sometime y- back. Y- yeah. yeah, and so I wonder if it's, you do see more of the Latino community out playing outdoors with their kids and the soccer and more engaged like that versus in home and playing video games. And so maybe that could also be a contributing factor as well to breast cancer being number one versus lung cancer. Well, I'm not sure that, go ahead, Carmen. <coughs> What was the statistics as far as the one in Mexico for um, for alcohol? For the was it liver? So um, uh, the top five cancers mm-hmm. in Mexico: number one was lung, number two was stomach, number three was liver, mm-hmm. number four was prostate, and number five was breast. Liver is number three. Yeah, and I I was actually gonna uh, go with that because. Um, even in Mexico, you don't see a lot of people smoking, but you see a lot of people drinking. You don't. You guys aren't yeah. big smokers. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's not surprising that we're the, we're the, not. The liver yeah. cancers up there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, the one thing that you just brought up, and and I don't I think it has to do with the cancer, but it is intriguing about the two cultures. Uh, there's a lot of kids my son's age that gaming became a really big mm-hmm. activity, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, gaming requires staying in your house, exactly. on a computer, and yet for most of the Latino community, it's going outside and kicking a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. And everywhere, I mean, there's a lot of Latino soccer groups. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, the Latino community does a lot better job of being active outside. Thank Not you. to say that Latinos don't play games too, mm-hmm. but they're definitely better at those outside sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they're more, um, you guys have more of a um, tight family culture. And so I feel like getting out as a family and going out and playing those games versus handing a kid a remote control and letting them game all day is more common. Um, but this is just me rattling on and I might not even be making sense. <laughs> I'm just trying to comprehend it on, um, cause it's interesting because it's different in actual Mexico versus United States. Cause lung cancer is number one there, mm-hmm. but for Latinos in United States, it's, it's not, not number one, No, which is so interesting. So the other number I didn't throw out to you earlier. So if you go south of the border from, from the, uh, our U S border South through central and South America, in 2013, there were a half a million people that passed away from cancer. Now, we as a nation have stabilized. We're about 600,000 per year, still not a nice number, but at least it's a steady number, mm-hmm. right? The prediction for that region, Central and South America, in 2030, which is only six, seven years away, yeah, yeah. a million people per year. Oh, wow. They're doubling. Yeah, they're doubling. That's a that that's a hundred percent increase in the number of people that died from cancer in a mere fifteen years. So they're not mm-hmm. slowing this disease down in that area, and that's kind of a scary statistic. Now, is that from? And that's from a Mexican website, right? Is US. that is that? Do you think that's uh, from lack of uh, research, um, medical uh, supplies, pharmacies, all of? The, is that is is it a? There's, I think there's a lot of contributing factors. Um, mm-hmm. There was one that Carmen mentioned to me. It's a difference in the medical community. So here, if you go to the hospital, they're going to bring you in. They're going to take care of you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not the case in Mexico, is it? No. It, unfortunately, it's not. Over there, if you have money uh, to pay for services, 
you will get the service. If you don't, um, a lot of times they, they push you away, most of the times, because you don't have a means to pay. Um, and it's unfortunately, but um, I've seen on the news that they will even let a pregnant lady be outside the hospital because she doesn't have any insurance or and any then, way to pay. And then you bring in cancer that costs an astronomical amounts. Yeah, and they don't and, have the money to pay right. for their medicine or anything. And it goes for any any disease, even di- diabetes. Right, right, so, anything. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And that shows in the numbers. That's a that's a big jump. That's yeah. huge. I'm I'm not sure based upon all the research we've done, all the treatments we have now, you know, we found ways to not pass away from cancer. And even though six hundred thousand dollars like a lot, as a percentage of our population, it's not bad. Right. But for them, and for them I mean all that Latino area, to actually reach a million people a year passing, that's huge. That's yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Well, there's something that we've done mm-hmm. for a while, and I did warn Carmen ahead of time. Um, it's all a phrase that we call the why that makes you cry. Yes. You, and it does you, make you cry. <laughs> Um, I met Carmen about a year ago, mm-hmm. over a year ago, yes. and when I first met her, she shared with me um, about her father. Mm-hmm. Can you share your story about your father? Yes. So my father actually came to the U.S. back in the 80s. Okay. And so back then, we were so blessed because it was an opportunity for him to um, to get legalized here. And so that's how I was able to to be legalized here. So bless his heart. Um, so one one day he was driving to work, and um, on his way there, he got hit, um, and he went to the hospital, and they did X-rays, and thank God for that accident. They found out that he had bone cancer. Oh wow! And so this was back in two thousand. Um, so the type of cancer that he had, they were giving him, um, you know, maximum three to four years to live. Jeez. Um, my dad fought it for t- 2008 is when he passed oh, away. Wow. Um, and they did uh, the, all the treatments necessary. And um, at the end, we even thought about doing a, um, oh, it escapes my mind, uh, the bone marrow transplant. Oh, mm-hmm. But he, he was never, he never got good at, um, with his health in a place where he could do that. And we, and I, I truly believe that one of the things that, uh, he was a fighter, first of all, but um, that helped him out a lot. I took him to Mexico and we went there to a, it's called a curandero, which is a plant doctor oh. and so that plant doctor like came up with all these sorts of teas for him and we brought it back um but in the end it was just um it was a lot every little bump on the road would hurt him oh, and um so in in 2008 he he passed away but i i miss him i miss him and uh but i'm so happy that he he fought it he was a good fighter so yeah, when they gave him three to four years, and yeah. he, he doubled it. He, he made did. it to eight, so yeah. that he he gave, definitely gave it his all. He did. He did. And and I look up to him, and um, he's like, just keep fighting, keep going, mm-hmm. no matter what life hands you. So I didn't know this story. I had no idea about this story. 
but it's a bit fortuitous. Today is July the 1st. Mm -hmm. Do you know what cancer awareness is in July? No. Bone cancer awareness. Oh, no way. Uh (laughs) July is bone cancer awareness. Have my birthday, Mike. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so it's a it's a bit fitting that that her why and making both of you guys cry. Her why is bone cancer, and today is the first day of bone yeah. cancer yeah. this month. That's awesome. Well, yeah. what a way to honor him. Yes, he's like I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's not a sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it all, and maybe it's a bit fortuitous too. Um, Karma was going to be a guest with us a few weeks ago, and we had a I bit remember. of a conflict. And yeah. We made some shifts. I think the conflict was because her dad said, "No, you need to show. <laughs> you need to do the show in <laughs> July. July first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. It's always intriguing to me what what people's why is yeah you know mm-hmm. um one update that i have been holding off sharing because it's a little hard to share this but um jennifer beaumont yeah so we've shared a couple of her stories mm-hmm. um, we jennifer was our go team at the end of 2020 she had gotten lung cancer we did a drive-by past her house she thought the cancer was gone it came back in 2021 in the other lung, and because of the other lung, they couldn't they couldn't treat it. And so, about a year and a half ago, they put her onto palliative care. Mm-hmm. Well, as of a few weeks ago, they've moved her to hospice, and they've given her about three months to live. Have um, you seen or talked to her? I haven't. Uh, I'm hoping we're doing our second charity golf tournament mm-hmm. and it'll be in Corvallis at Tristine Tree at the end of August and it's actually going to be the Jennifer Beaumont Open. Okay. And I'm really hoping that it will not be her memorial. Yeah. So that there's be. a lot of people in the Corvallis area that she has touched and I knew I knew it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when, but yeah. I'm never really ready for the when actually shows up. So mm-hmm. at some point the update will be that she... So if people want to help contribute to what you're doing and your cause, like I know you do your fundraisers, like the um, golf tournaments and whatnot, um, but what if somebody can't make that? How how do people donate to you or contribute in any way? Well, two really simple things you can do. One, if you go to our website, which is kicking-cancer.org, on the very top of the homepage is a little donate button. And... You can set this up. There's a friend of ours, Daryl, which is our mm-hmm. So Daryl makes a $20 donation every month. He has it set up as a recurring donation. Yeah. Or if you said, you know, I just want to donate $100 or whatever you want to do. Um, we were very blessed a couple of years ago. Somebody had some excess, and when I say $20,000 oh, of wow. excess. So it was a very nice donation. But all those donations help keep this thing yeah. going forward. Or what's super fun, where Carmen got her She's wearing a purple T-shirt. She came to our store. Yeah. Like, come to 3737 Cherry Avenue and pick out your own shirt and wear it for someone that you care about. And the the proceeds from all those shirts actually support the organization, too. That's awesome. I think I have, I have a black one, a white one, and a pink one. And a few beanies. And then I have a few beanies. And then my husband, he has a white shirt, a white kicking cancer shirt, and that one's special to him. And then he also has a black one as well. Yeah. So we we definitely are out there representing kicking well, cancer. We appreciate that Absolutely. too. We do. Every time we see a picture. I, I, I have seen pictures of you guys doing all of your little activities. I'm like, what? Bo's wearing one of our shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Well, in our timeline last week, um, I told you that when COVID hit, 
So again, the listeners have followed us through 2018, 19, COVID hits 2020, and we just can't couldn't keep doing what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, if I don't do something to keep this thing moving, it's going to die. Yeah, we, we were we were a year, just a little over a year old. We weren't well established, you know, like Liberty House or Casa. Right. Um, and so I started going to just people and saying, can we just do a picture together? Mm-hmm. And we called it Where in the World Are We Getting Cancer? Yeah. So I did one with Lisa Walker out at out of Volcano Stadium, you know, and we kept our six-foot distance because yep. that was the rule, right? Did you get your updated photo last weekend? Like, you should uh, keep them updated, like a, a before, like a before oh, and should, after, I you should. know, like as yeah. the years progress. That's cool. That would that be would, awesome. That would be fun. We did, we did one here. So we came here and it was in front of the KSLM studio and I was on one side and Stacey Ann and Cynthia was on the other side. So where the work getting cancer were at KSLM. Oh, that's awesome. And we just kept doing that all through April and early May of 2020 mm-hmm. just to keep the message out there during COVID. Absolutely. So that was fun. Yes, it was. Well, thank you so much for coming in, and I appreciate hearing your why. I know that's never easy to tell those stories, so thank you so much. I'm going to give a huge shout-out to our sponsor for this half of the show, which is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. You can call her at 503-409-4389 if you have any questions on buying a home, selling a home, or just not sure where to start. And don't forget to keep her in your prayers as she is fighting her own battle of breast cancer. And we will be back next week as as the the movement movement continues. continues.